Support for Industry Focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com forward slash full. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today we're talking energy and industrials. It's Thursday, the 9th of November, and we're going to be discussing utility companies. Joining me on Skype is Motley Fool contributor and all-round nice guy, Jason Hall. Jason, thank you for joining me. Hi, absolutely glad to be on. Well, we're very glad to have you uh, and your expertise on the topic. But um, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about utilities. Before listeners roll their eyes and turn us off, uh, we know utilities have a (laughs) reputation for being boring. uh, But we're here today to prove or at least try to prove that they're worth a second look by some investors. Utilities are the foundation on which we go about our day-to-day life. Uh, When you got up this morning, your alarm might have woken you up. You probably turned on the light. You possibly had a shower. And all of these things we don't think twice about, but they're fundamentally important to how we go about our lives. Utility companies provide these basic services like electricity and water. They're responsible for building and maintaining the vast infrastructure that gets these services to our houses, apartments, office buildings, etc., and they've experienced something of a renaissance lately uh, in the period of Absolutely. low interest rates. Yeah, and I mean, it's typically people who, typically investors who might have been attracted to CDs and treasury securities uh, have turned to utilities as an alternative to get uh, good, good yields. So, Jason, um, what makes utilities slightly different from other stocks on the market? So I, I think there's a couple things. Um, you, you definitely nailed it when it comes to yield. Um, income investors um, typically um, uh, might have money in bonds in the bond markets. You know, it's a lot larger than the equity market. Have shifted a lot of a lot of cash into um, companies that can pay a steady, reliable dividend. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a big thing that historically has been has been a focus for investors that have invested in utility stocks because they have these big cash flows. They're very predictable. They're often regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, the recession resistant, um, which is important if you're if you're looking for predictable income. Um, you know, the, the, so, so I mean, there are a lot of things that really have kind of historically kind of I mean, they're really built to pay dividends in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Because they have these big regulated businesses. Um, it's, it's very rare that um, that you have a lot of competition for some of these types of utilities because it just doesn't make sense to build you know, two competing power lines side by side to supply, you know, a, a town of a couple hundred thousand people. There's no efficiency there. So mm-hmm. you get these regulated monopolies and, and they're just they just, you know, they produce tons of cash. So yeah. um, so that's I mean, historically, that's that's what makes them that's what makes them good investments. But there's some interesting things going on right now that uh, actually there's some really interesting growth opportunities in some utilities right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a rise of kind of deregulated utility. That, what you were talking about uh, in terms of like the stable government uh, monopolies, they're kind of allowed to operate solely in their respective municipalities without competition. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. the way that that's kind of orchestrated is uh, just for listeners is they're allowed to make enough money to cover their costs and to make a small profit. But beyond that, they're, they're sort of limited. But in this deregulated environment, um, like you said, there's there's some opportunities potentially. Absolutely, no, it definitely is, and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk in a little mm-hmm. bit about one of my my very favorite. Um, it's kind of a pseudo utility. Um, we'll <laughs> talk about that one today. Uh, excellent. Okay. Uh, well, I, we've touched on it a little bit, and people can probably guess. Um, what investors do you think utilities are right for? 
So uh, actually, I think in general, if you know, again, we keep talking about the fixed income part. So there's a lot of interest for retirees or or near retirees that have you know a large enough portfolio um, that they can deal with some volatility of the the actual value of their investments as long as they can count on the the, the income. Um, so that's that's good. But actually, I think uh, some, there there are still some utilities that uh, any somebody of any age that's looking for um, capital growth and also looking for dividend growth. Um, I think there are a number of uh, utilities that are ideal dividend growth stocks. And if, mm-hmm. if, if you're an investor um, looking to generate the best total returns over time, there's a lot of evidence that dividend growth stocks as a category um, can, can generate market beating uh, returns over time. So yep. I think even growth investors should, uh, should, should be looking at at, uh, at, uh, at, at, at certain dividend, obviously not every utility stock, but certain utility stocks. Um, again, there's there's defend, if investors looking for kind of a defensive play in their portfolio, um, utilities can be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because you know recessionary environments, they continue. People, the power doesn't go off, and and, and you know you keep paying your power bill, you keep paying your yep. water bill when uh, when uh, when when times are tough. You tighten your belt other ways. So. Yep. Great, you know, great investments for us, some kind of defensive uh, parts of your portfolio. Absolutely. I mean, I think growth stocks get so much press time, um, yep. but really a good a good diversified portfolio, um, I think it may not be a utility, but a good defensive uh, income play is, is not a bad idea. Um, but if, if, you know, we've talked about utilities having a, a reputation for being a bit of a snooze fest um but (laughs) if i'm kind of new to utilities what would you recommend that how would i begin looking at utilities uh you know to assess them for investment right so i think i think there's a couple things you have to understand about utilities and really any any company that's involved in owning large infrastructure assets which is really the key for for utility businesses um they tend to carry pretty large debt loads Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a certain sensitivity that they have to interest rates um, that's, that's important to understand, especially if they have large planned investments for growth or modernization of their, of their, of their infrastructure um, that, that they could be exposed to, you know, higher interest rates could, could squeeze their cash flows mm-hmm. and that could affect their ability to grow the dividend. Um, so that's a really important thing that you, that you have to consider. Um, but the bottom line is that, that they're, they're almost always going to have pretty significant debt loads. But again, because they have that predictable cash flows that, that those assets generate, um, they can still have a relatively high amount of leverage and, and still be um, a lower risk investment than, than companies in other industries. Maybe a consumer goods company or a, a, a tech company just can't have that kind of leverage because they don't have the predictability of their of their cash flows. Yeah. So potentially a kind of risk to know about then is if interest rates rise, which they're expected to, it could lead to right. kind of some investors moving their money into bonds, et cetera, and then possibly them being squeezed a little bit on uh, their cost of capital too. Or right. Debt, Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you brought up an, uh, an important one too to consider. Um, and it's, it's tough to really know what's going to happen, say, over the next three to five years as interest rates will continue to rise as long as the economy is in, in relatively good shape. Rates are going to continue to go up. At some point, there will be more money leaving equities, especially these dividend stalwart equities like utilities, and start shifting back into bonds. And how is that going to affect what, how the market values utilities? Because let's, let's be honest, right now, I think as a general um, rule, most utilities are trading at a little bit higher yep. multiple 
to their earnings than they historically have. So that's a risk that investors should definitely consider. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to discuss a couple of specific options for investors. But before I do, I wanted to thank Rocket Mortgage. Support for industry focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. With Rocket Mortgage, you can apply simply and understand fully, so you can mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com forward slash full. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsaccess.org number 3030. So if you like the sound of utilities, there are lots of investment opportunities. We're going to be talking about a few individual stocks uh, that have caught our attention. But if there, but there is an ETF, or there's a couple of ETFs, sorry, exchange-traded funds to consider. Uh, the Utilities Select Sector Spider ETF, um, the ticker is XLU, and the Vanguard Utilities ETF uh, VPU. But as I said, uh, we're talking about a couple of stocks that uh, pique your interest, Jason. Uh, first is mm-hmm. NextEra Energy. NextEra is a $73 billion market cap utility. Um, has a regulated arm, Florida Power and Light, which distributes power to 4.5 million customers in Florida. Uh, that arm contributed 60% of the group's operating earnings. The company also has natural gas, nuclear, and significant renewable assets. Um, and it's non-regulated aspect, which we kind of touched on that difference earlier. That business generates mm-hmm. and sells power across the US and Canada. So what, what made you pick Nextera? I know you're generally bullish on the company. So w- one of the things I like about Nextera Energy, probably the biggest thing that I like, um, is the fact that there is a, a mix, right? They, they, they have mm-hmm. a good regulated utility business in Florida, and that drives um, I think a little over 60% of their earnings, um, which is which is good because again you have that stable, you know, relatively um, predictable cash flows that's kind of a base of the company's operations. And the other thing that I really like about NextEra Energy is they're really aggressively uh, developing a lot of renewables, um, solar and wind both. And uh, the the thing that I like about uh, the the focus on that is obviously there's there's a lot of consumer-driven interest in renewables in terms of the environmental benefits, um, you know, all, all of that aspect. Uh, but also, renewables are really dropping in price. And mm-hmm. in terms of pr- positioning the company with assets that can produce low-cost energy, and it's just it's a commodity, right? The, the, the low-cost leader wins. Uh, by, by focusing on developing those low-cost assets, it can sell electricity um, competitively uh, to, to other uh, utilities, you know, all across the U.S., and 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 actually create a nice income stream, um, and it can sell the energy in some cases for less than a utility would be able to build a plant of its own, uh, versus just buying that power from NextEra, which can use its scale to uh, to to make these to to, to build out these uh, these new assets on the unregulated side. So mm-hmm. that's I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that the Florida base is also um, obviously it's quite a fast growing area uh, mm-hmm. and I think a percentage yep. a percentage of their contribution from that region is, is a particularly strong uh, captive and price insensitive uh, user base so so that's great to know but obviously because it is Florida based um, or 60% Florida based investors need to be comfortable with Florida regulation too um, and right. the, co- the company is also an MLP is that correct well so the, they 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 ha- they sponsor um, a master limited partnership next era energy um, partners mm-hmm which so there's it's two separate two separate stocks two separate tickers so NEE is the is the actual the the corporation yeah. 
and then they have a master limited partnership. And so here's here's the difference, and here's something that two different kinds of investors should consider. So NextEra Energy pays a dividend yield. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but it's somewhere between two and around, around two and a half percent. Yep, that's right. Um, uh, at current prices. Um, now it's NextEra Energy Partners. Its master limited partner yields closer to four percent. Mm-hmm. Now the difference is NextEra Energy is using its master limited uh, partnership is as a way to develop a lot of its renewable projects. It's kind of a, just a really good mechanism in terms of cash flow efficiency to do that with. Now, it's 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 also going to, going to be a pretty accelerated dividend growth investment. Now, there's a difference investors need to understand in terms of there's a, there's a catch with that you know nearly four percent yield. Mm-hmm. Um, as a master limited partnership, it's not the kind of investment you would want to own inside your retirement account because there's some tax complications. You could actually end up paying taxes on your dividends inside a 401k. So okay. it's, it's, so that's an important thing. If, if you're investing in a taxable uh, account, um, you may want to consider looking at next year energy partners for that higher yield. Um, just understand there's some tax consequences that are some differences there. So okay. well, thank you for explaining that's, that's that. absolutely. Um, so interesting company. They're up 30% year to date. So uh, I, I guess a lot of people are kind of seeing the opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next company that we have uh, that you you kind of recommended to me was Patton Energy Group. Um, Patton mm-hmm. is an independent power company uh, focused on wind energy, and this is a long way from the fuddy-duddy traditional utilities that people <laughs> think about. Um, it's kind of it's very attention grabbing. But what what drew you to the company? So the the first thing that jumped out at me, um, frankly, is 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 the dividend yield. It, mm-hmm. Its yield uh, is. Oh man, it's to, today's price. It's seven point three percent, seven point four percent, somewhere yeah. in there. So it's a it's a significant. Yeah, it's actually almost seven point five percent at most. You know, at current at trading uh, today's trading prices. So the, that's a red flag, right? You're like, wow, that's a, what's going on with a yield this big? Is the is the dividend about to get cut? What's mm-hmm. happening? So um, it's so as I started doing some research into the company, um, what what I discovered is. So um, there, there is a privately held development company uh, that the CEO of Pattern Energy was one of the founders of that develops huge numbers of renewable projects. And Pattern, Pattern Energy Group, the publicly traded company, is, is, is it's essentially a mechanism to be able to find the cheapest cost of capital through either issuing equity mm-hmm. or using that corporate entity to, to raise debt. Um, to fund these these projects, and it's a really symbiotic relationship where Pattern Energy Group, the the stock, the, the you know the publicly traded company, they have a right of first refusal for a right of first offer for these projects that the privately held development company is developing. So they have this huge pipeline of of, of wind, but it's not just wind. They're actually starting to um, to invest in solar projects as well. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, what management is saying is in terms of costs, uh, it gets back to the cheap cost of producing the power. Uh, they're, they're in a position to develop these projects, sign these 15, 20-year power purchase agreements with utilities, and be able to make a nice incremental return over their cost to develop and, and produce energy versus what they can sell the energy for. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really, really interesting um, really, really interesting opportunity. One of the challenges with valuing the company is that, you know, it's it's really you have to look at cash flows. This is a company that in the first six months of the year, 
had almost $100 million of depreciation and amortization. Those are non-cash expenses that actually help drive more cash flows to the bottom line by reducing taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, but because the company is in such an accelerated growth mode, those really big non-cash depreciation amortization expenses, that they can, I mean, the company reported a gap, uh, you know, generally um, accepted accounting uh, practice as a loss last quarter, largely because of its accelerated non-cash expenses tied to its investments. So if you look at it from a cash flows basis, it's reasonably well valued right now, um, especially when you factor in this strong yield um, that, that it's going to, it's, it's definitely maintained. The average contract for its power production right now is 15 years. Yeah, so that's incredible. You have that predictability that mm -hmm. you get with uh, with regulated utilities in a non-regulated business. Yeah, I um, I think 89% of the electricity is under these power sale agreements, which uh, mm -hmm. you, you don't get that very often, I don't think. No, um, no, you really don't. So one other thing that I like just real quickly yeah, is, no. you know, you have a founder of the company that's that's running it. Mm -hmm. uh, the CEO um, has about a 7% stake. Um, so you like to see, you know, a, a CEO with, you know, with skin in the game, and you certainly have that. So, you know, that's just another thing that I really like about this company is, you know, you have leadership that's involved in, you know, founding the company and that's completely bought in and has a major stake in the success of this company. Yeah, that's something we often like to look for here at The Fool. Um, and I, right. I will say to listeners too, um, Jason has some incredible insights into particularly kind of the renewable energy future and one of his recent articles, What Investors Need to Know About Our Solar Powered Future, particularly good. He has a lot of good primers too. So if anybody is interested, please feel free to reach out and we can send uh, you those links. But the last company I wanted to mention very briefly, um, it's a complete wild card, but they've had such crazy <laughs> goings on recently that I thought we couldn't not really mention Scana. Uh, their ticker is SCG. Uh, so Scanner is a $6 billion market cap South Carolina holding company primarily gauged in electric and gas. It supplies energy to half a million electric customers and about a million natural gas customers. So they, they have somewhat balanced portfolio between nuclear, natural gas, hydroelectric, solar and coal. Uh, the reason that we're mentioning we're mentioning them sorry, is that unlike a lot of steady eddy utilities, uh, they've had a lot of upheaval of late. They decided in 2008 to take a 55% stake in the first new nuclear project in the U.S. in 30 years. So this project was supposed to usher in a new era of nuclear energy in the U.S. Scott's Talk about bad timing. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, costs completely spiraled. It pushed the price tag for Scanner's portion. Um, they kind of split the project up to, I, I think the estimate was about $10 billion. The delays mounted. Mm -hmm. it, it just got um, basically untenable. And the final straw was the contractor, uh, Westington House. Um, hopefully I pronounced that right. They filed for bankruptcy. Westinghouse, right. Westinghouse, right. sorry. Um, so, yeah, it ultimately led to Scarnet abandoning their plans. And it's had just huge repercussions for the company. Um, they're still paying for it. I think 18 cents of every dollar they make goes towards its stake in the failed project. Um, they've had a subpoena from the U.S. SEC. Uh, they've got a shareholder lawsuit possibly pending. Their credit was dinged. And uh, most recently, CEO's yeah, stepping down. I, exactly. Yeah. They, I mean, he, basically, there was calls for a CEO, Kevin Marsh, resignation. He's announced mm -hmm. he'll be going mm -hmm. in January. So anyway, you, you might be thinking, why on earth am I even bringing it up? But it's just interesting because in the utility world, it's not often that you kind of get a bit of a value play. But the stock is down 40 percent year to date has a current PE right. of 13.9 compared to the industry average of 21 uh, and a 5.5% yield. So potentially, um, if you look at the fundamentals of the company, uh, which on over the long term 
I don't believe are going to be impacted too severely by this. Uh, there could be potential right. here, but do you think I'm crazy for bringing that up? No, I, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a value play. Yeah. I think it's more of more of like a, 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 a turnaround play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even not necessarily where the business truly has to turn around from the brink of, of, of serious troubles, but it's, there's a lot of perception at play here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's also, you know, some, some risk. I think at this point, um, I think, I think you would actually, um, I don't have it right in front of me. I think you had sent me a couple like a couple billion dollars is what they're looking at, uh, being able to recoup yeah. um, risk from, is- from Toshiba, the, yeah. the, the, now the owner of Westinghouse, um, so I think there's a lot of the markets just kind of sitting back watching and waiting to see, you know, what happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's a great, you know, minimal risk, uh, some some good reward, and I think the dividend is probably relatively secure. So, you know, five five and a half percent yield right now is is not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, obviously there's a you know there's a ton of caveats to to anything around this company right now, and any position right. in a company like this would probably be a very small one. But um, just thought it was an interesting kind of narrative in an otherwise kind of uh, well in the regulated industry, an otherwise kind of boring <laughs> sector. Right, um, <laughs> right. But, uh, but thank you very right. much, uh, Jason. Do you have any l- final thoughts for us? No, I think I think uh, I think we covered it pretty well. But um, I, I will, yeah, I will. You know what? I will add one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, this is you know it is. It's kind of a boring little sector. <laughs> yep. But if you think about the the dollars, I mean, this is you know we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars over the next several decades that are going to be need to be invested in moderti- modernizing um, uh, these you know these global assets and expanding them. So utilities, are, you know, they, they may seem boring, but they're actually a, you know a, a great way to get wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a really good it's a good sector to look in for any investor of any of any of any stripe. Well, if that doesn't make people look into it, I don't know what will. But thank you very much, Jason. Uh, you're awesome as always. Uh, that's it for us today. If you would like to get in touch, please feel free to email us at industryfocus at pool.com or tweet us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For Jason, I'm Sarah Priestley. Thanks for listening and Fool on.